Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with one of our new guest hosts, uh, Nayan. How, how are you doing today? Good, man. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic, as always. And uh, yeah. Nayan comes to us with a background in psychology, project management, and a couple of other things along the way. Um, so if you can give us a little bit of what you're up to these days, and we'll kind of rewind back in time and, and talk about what you were like as a kid. So what are you up to these days? Yeah, so right now I'm a full-time project manager. So I work for an ed tech company. Um, I'm a non-technical PM, although I have worked on technical projects. Um, and I'm a part-time career coach. So mm-hmm. in that, I... Um, I help people specifically get into project management. So I, I deal with a lot of transitioning project managers um, or people who have quite a bit of experience in project management who are looking to elevate their experience in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, that project management is generally my, my MO <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> Sounds good. So uh, we'll you. get into how you got into project management. But if we re- rewind, uh, what were you like as a kid? What are some early fond childhood memories uh, back in the day? Early fond childhood memories. Well, in terms of my characteristics as a kid, like I was curious um, and I enjoyed learning and I can attribute a lot of that to my parents. Um, I enjoyed informing people of the stuff that I learned. I loved educating other people like my my friends. Um, And I I think a big part of this actually came from an insecurity that I have. So I I have two sisters who are very academically gifted. Okay. um, And I was not as much. And academic um, acumen was really appreciated in my family. Mm. So it kind of makes you feel a bit off. I've come to terms with that now. But at that time, it, it, it wasn't as much. Um, and so I would, uh, yeah, I enjoyed teaching other people. I was like, I was kind of an odd child in, in that front. Um, <laughs> and could you tell yeah. us a little bit more about the kind of that uh, relationship with academics? So were you good at school? Right. So you had two sisters that were obviously yeah. great at it. And did, did you struggle? Yeah. Were you okay? Or, or was it just the bar was set so high uh, that, that it was a little bit challenging? It fluctuated, honestly. I mean, uh, for most of my life, I was an okay student. So I was like generally B plus an A student in some parts. High school, I really struggled with. Um, Mainly after grade 11 was was a struggle. Thankfully, I was still able to kind of get my grades back up in in grade 12. And I was able to get like that A that, you know, uh, my parents were, were... going to hopefully be happy with. <laughs> um, but yeah, generally speaking, my relationship with academics was I loved learning. I just, I didn't enjoy the the way that I was taught things. Hmm. Um, and, and I think that really informed me now as a career coach in terms of how I deliver information to my clients um, that I, I don't just try to lecture. I don't just okay. try to like tell people this is how you have to do things. Stuff like that. I really believe in like guiding people to to the conclusion as much as possible. Right. Um, and I didn't find that the academic system really like it. It didn't really work with me in that that front. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously the current school system is designed for a certain type of person. Some people yes. flourish in that environment. Your two sisters, obviously, and then yes. other people, uh, they, they might have to find some more compensation um, coping mechanisms in order to do that. So Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. So you ultimately did a degree in, in, in psychology. And, and, and what yes. was that decision like? And, and what are some of the influences <laughs> that got you there? Because, I mean, psychology, yeah. well, I, I picture in uh, the, the, the Asian household, 
may or may not have been well accepted. <laughs> so what was no, that? Not uh, like? <laughs> yeah, so so it's funny. Um, I didn't actually choose psychology really. Like I, okay. I wasn't really supposed to get into that field. So initially, I wanted when I was younger, I wanted to become a chemist. Um, mm, okay. and then I moved to chemical engineering because I I really enjoyed the idea of building things. I wouldn't say I'm handy at all, but to me, like my you know, young brain <laughs> that, you know, assumes that engineers, all engineers do is fix things and build things. Sure. And so I like chemistry. I thought engineering would be fun. So I decided to kind of marry the two. Um, and that didn't work out. <laughs> okay. And but right before I, uh, when I was applying to universities, my, my hope was actually to get into pharmacy. Hmm. Um, largely because my parents wanted me to go to the medical route. I didn't think I would have the grades for medicine nor the interest. Um, but again, I always had this like, this interest in chemistry and, and being a pharmacist would kind of play with that. Um, but unfortunately I didn't have the grades necessary for that. So my, especially in like my, my overall grades were okay, but my mathematical, my mathematics was not what okay. was sufficient. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I ended up in psychology kind of by accident. So okay. I, you know, I, I think I told you the story last time as well, but um how it happened was essentially I didn't get into – I went to University of Waterloo, and mm -hmm. I was expecting to get into the University of Waterloo our Sciences in order for me to become a pharmacist. Um, but I actually got accepted to arts. So okay. I got rejected from science, got rejected to arts, and I didn't want to tell my parents. Um, and they didn't find out until we went to the orientation uh, and they saw this big banner that said Waterloo Arts. So, you know, my parents were understandably perplexed because they thought I was going to go into sciences and eventually pharmacy. Um, and so, yeah, that was a little bit disappointing to them, I imagine. <laughs> and on the drive back, it was kind of tense in the car. And my dad's like, what are you going to do with your life? And a pamphlet in my hand um, of the programs. And I looked down and I saw psychology. So I said, I'll just do psychology. So it was really kind of the spur of the moment. But in a weird way, I mean, I don't know if some believes into destiny or whatever. I thought I thought actually it was kind of appropriate because throughout mm -hmm. my high school career, I was always helping friends who were like dealing with some sort of trauma or some sort of trial and, and helping them, like talk them out of it. Um, and psychology was also a course I took in high school that I really enjoyed. So it was like, you know, it was a very happy find. It ultimately isn't what I wanted to do after I graduated and I realized, okay, maybe this isn't my my field. But when I was studying it, it was uh, – I, I think I was much more at ease with that decision than had I pursued pharmacy or anything else that I thought I wanted to do. Right. Sounds good. So it sounds like it was a bit of happy accident, uh, maybe yes. the universe, universe conspiring <laughs> to put that pamphlet in your hand as you're having that conversation with your parents. Yes, exactly. Um, and I, I'd love if you walk us through a little bit of that journey in, in university. So, okay, right. now you're enrolled, you're, you're honest with your parents, I'm doing psychology. It seems yeah. like that you were much more at ease. And then sure. like graduation is looming. <laughs> right, what, right. What, what, is, what was that uh, process like? <sighs> to be honest, university for me was about survival. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, I maybe maybe other people can relate. I I didn't really enjoy that either. Again, it okay. comes down to um, teaching styles, learning styles. Like I don't. I something I realized after I graduated. So you know when I did my master's, so I have a master's in business administration, mm -hmm. and I found that process way more relaxed because I did it on my own accord and. That told me a lot about my personality, right? So I, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy academics much either. In university, I enjoyed psychology more than than having to study all these other subjects that I wasn't necessarily interested in. But even then, I didn't, um, I didn't necessarily do well all the time. Um, and it was really, it's a four year program, and I finished it in three years. So 
to do so. I didn't take any time off. Um, And so that kind of, I think that contributed to me not wanting to pursue psychology beyond that. Because I initially wanted to do a PhD in psychology because I, I was like, finally, this is in front of me. Maybe this is something I could do for the rest of my life. And then towards the last semester of school, I thought, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm mentally <laughs> burnt out. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, you know, pulling myself to the finish line <laughs> very slowly. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of, in a way, that was, again, a blessing. And I, I kind of appreciated going through that because that, ended up guiding me to the thing that I enjoy the most now in terms of what I do for my career, which is project management. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. I, I love if you continue the story where uh, yeah. the, the picture that I have is kind of right. like that marathon runner who like collapses, like just <laughs> as this finish line is there and it's like on their hands and knees trying yes. to yes. Re- reach the end. And yes. uh, obviously you reach the end and, and right. then what, right? So you, you're graduating yeah. with a psychology degree. Uh, how was like job prospects? How was the conversation with, oh, with parents? How, how was that? <laughs> it was all terrible. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was, it was like, you know, I was so, I was thinking so much about schooling that I didn't really think about what to do afterwards. Right. Um, I did sometimes look into it, but you know, and to anybody else who might be watching studying psychology, I, I you know, <laughs> you know, it's not the end of the world, but for me mm-hmm. at the time, it was just like, there was no prospect at all. Uh, like I, you look up who's looking for somebody with a psych degree, not a single person. <laughs> um, until you have your master's or PhD, no one's really interested. Um, and so I didn't, I, I knew I wasn't really going to be able to pursue psychology beyond the undergraduate level because I didn't have the interest. I didn't know what I really wanted to do. Um, so I had applied for all jobs and, you know, I applied for job staples. I think I may have gotten it, but I also, I went on vacation like right after. Okay. So I think I actually lost a job while I was, while I was on vacation I, because they couldn't reach out to me. I, right. I didn't have any cell phone service. So yeah, um, I guess that now will forever be a mystery of whether or not I got that job. <laughs> sure. um, and, and yeah, it was just kind of like, it was a real struggle um, in terms of my parents, like, you know, my, my, my parents are very supportive people, but my father, he's a really big believer in, you know, you have to make your own way. Mm. And and I think, and again, this is one of those life lessons that I think I appreciated after school was how hard life can be. And I, I just had, I developed this new appreciation for my parents. Um, and especially like going back to my father, he was saying, okay, well now you try your hardest to uh, take care of yourself financially, which when you have like no prospects and you're right. trying to like get a minimum wage job at Staples potentially, <laughs> um, it's, it, it was really tough. It was really tough psychologically. It it made me feel um, insufficient, especially given I had all these friends who studied engineering, being a Waterloo mm-hmm. student, who like they went directly into their field right after they graduated because of the co-op system, right? So, you know, I, I felt insufficient. I felt insecure. Um, there wasn't a ton of prospects. And I was like, okay, like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I, I didn't ask myself that question enough, or maybe I asked it too much. Like, mm, okay. up, up until the last moment of schooling, I thought I was going to pursue psychology until I was like, okay, this actually may not be for me anymore. Um, and that's kind of when I discovered project management. Because while mm. I was in school, I was, I worked as a, I'm not going to call it project management, more like a project lead, project coordinator, or whatever you want to call it, in um, a research lab, specifically, like, for, for psychology. Okay. And having two years of experience that I didn't even think about that because I was also a researcher as well as somebody leading some, some of the schedule. And so I was like, I didn't even know about, about project management as a field. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, like 
what it, the, the true story of what happened was I kind of just Googled the word project and management thinking, oh, that might be a thing, right? <laughs> no, like, no one's ever really given me the – no one ever told me that this is a thing. I, I didn't even know that my aunt uh, – she was been she's been a project manager for like thirty years and I never knew. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so I didn't know this was a field. I looked it up and I said, "Oh, I really like this. Like, there's elements that I've already done throughout schooling, so I really I really enjoy this." Um, and so yeah, and so then I I decided to pursue a postgraduate certificate in project management and then gain mm-hmm. some more experience so that I can develop myself there. But un- until that point when I realized this is what I wanted to do, it was just miserable mentally and my physical health also declined as well right cool yeah. so it sounded like the, the the universe conspired again to kind of put this in front of you obviously after like stamping you down and putting you down a little bit yeah <laughs> to, just to make sure that that you were sure yes um, yeah i think yeah. i i'm glad it happened that way i think okay. the, the stamping down uh gave me an appreciation for so much more mm. I, I told my dad this too like you know two three months after like really struggling financially and and i I'm, you know, it was a source of pride for me as well. I didn't want to ask my parents for help, especially having that conversation with my dad, yeah. being like, "Okay, you have to take care of yourself, um, or try your best to take care of yourself." And and so the universe kind of stamping me down made me appreciate my parents' sacrifice way so much more, mm-hmm. um, and it it made me appreciate what I have so much more because you take it for granted. The, you know, university is challenging, and then yeah. life is it's a very different challenge. They're both challenging, but life is a very different challenge that you know. I wasn't prepared for <laughs> yeah. up until that point. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where, I mean, in the position that we're in, the, the fact yeah. that uh, we're, we're in Canada, able yeah. to even go to university, that, yeah. that sort of thing. Like there, there's probably billions of people around the world that would kind of kill for that opportunity, right? 100%. So as much yeah. as uh, we're challenged and all that, uh, we, we do need to be grateful and appreciative of, of, of the folks, ideally our parents and, and those ahead of us that, that kind of helped us in that. Um, so, so now that you've kind of yeah. been redirected into this new career path, right. uh, walk us through that process. So, so now you have sure. this shiny new certificate certificate in project management was right. it easy to land a job and and, no. and i saw you have like the, <laughs> yeah. the hrm and then the mba along the way so yes. what, what was the journey uh, along the way to get to, to those aspects right so um so i mean the once i got into project management or once i got a certificate in project management um so this we're talking about like 2015 around right mm-hmm. at that time especially there was almost or maybe i just wasn't aware of it there was very few prospects for somebody without a technical degree Okay. Um, so if you didn't have engineering or computer science or something, no one was really looking. Um, and so it was really a struggle. And I was trying to think of like, how can I make myself stick out? And so, and, and this is what I tell my clients all the time is that it's not about the certificate. Even with the PMP, it's really not about the certificate. It's mm-hmm. always about the experience. And can you, can you, uh, show employers your value? Like you got to kind of mm-hmm. know, like, what is it that you can give them that no one else can yeah. or very few other people can. And how can you prove that you will be the best at what it is that you promise to deliver, right? Right. Um, and so me, me personally, I'm very uh, process-minded. I really enjoy process design. Very system. I'm a very systematic thinker. And so after getting that certificate, I realized I need more experience. I had uh, my friend, two friends and I, we started a nonprofit. And that you know, when you start any kind of you know, entrepreneurial endeavor, and, and I include nonprofits in that. Um, I guess technically, it's any kind of endeavor on your own, right? A business, yeah. organization, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of projects that lead up to the development of some sort of self-operating system, right? Um, and so that was a great, a great experience for me. And I realized that, okay, like this is 
you know, it, I basically invented my own project for me to gain experience. <laughs> um, and then I would to talk to other people. So I reach out to different companies um, on LinkedIn, especially, and say, yeah, this is this is who I am. I'm trying to gain more experience in this field. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've already, this is my portfolio, basically. Like, this is what I've already done with this nonprofit. Um, and I think that doing something very similar for you would help you with XYZ, right? Like, it might help you with improving your uh, the efficiency of your processes or what, whatever. Right. Um, and so th- thankfully, somebody eventually bit <laughs> and they, they wanted to, I was basically a consultant with them for free pro bono, which more than happy to do to gain experience. Eventually they did hire yeah. me and, and uh, like I didn't continue working for them, but it was still um, really helpful experience to kind of get idea of what the pro- what project management looks like in a really, in an applied setting where there are higher stakes. So there's, yeah. there's income, there was a salary involved, there was, you know, budgets involved. And when you have a nonprofit, there's, not as much of these things, right? So, um, yeah, so I, I gained more experience. And then, again, it was, it was still very competitive. It, it mm-hmm. took me a while to gain continuous experience. I was constantly consulting, um, for the most part, pro bono while I was doing other things. So I had worked in construction, which was also a little bit project management related, but also I um, mainly, mainly it was a bit administrative. And I, I just kind of kept doing these other things until uh, – until I can land something, um, and I, I wasn't landing anything. So you brought up the the human resources and how that came about was essentially I was continuing to advise, but not really get paid for my project management experience. Um, and so I decided to study human resource management for one of two reasons. So number one was you know I did think that human resources would go really well with project management because there's okay. there's an element of you have to manage human resources essentially as right. in order to, if people get the job done. You know, it's not the project manager. We just facilitate, right? Yeah. So knowing those skills, I thought would be really helpful. But also I thought, okay, if project management doesn't work out because it's been so long and I'm still really struggling to find something, then I can always lean on to human resources. And and, and also I find that there's more parallels between human resources and psychology than there would be project project management and psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, <laughs> so I did that and I was prepared to study or like once I finished my postgraduate graduate certificate in human resource management, I was prepared to work in that field. Um, and so I sent a bunch of resumes and, and I worked with a, um, a temp agency that was like, oh, no, you're actually better off as a project manager based on your resume. And I'm like, that's what I've been saying all this time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to convince people. Um, and thankfully, I got a contract with the government. Okay. And that basically changed everything. Like once I worked with the government as a project manager and you know proved to them and myself and other people that you know I, I can do this job at like pretty much the highest level, <laughs> you know, working for a government agency is no small task. Um, then I can, I can pretty much manage any of the project. Right. Um, and that's kind of where I find myself now that I manage process projects, which is my bed and bread and butter. I've mm-hmm. also managed uh, tech projects as well with my current employer. So yeah, it, it was a natural progression of things. Um, or maybe natural. Depends on how you look at it. <laughs> uh, it's one of those stories where if you go yeah. back and connect the dots, it makes sense. But probably along the journey, I was like, what the heck am I doing? A hundred percent. It requires a lot of patience. And this is what for I tell sure. clients as well, is that it's not going to be overnight. But 
yeah, keep on working on yourself. Yeah. And and what I took from from that is well, to deal with the challenge of not having experience, you basically right. created your own projects, created right. your own not for profit in order to do that. And and that's obviously for those that are early in their careers or yes. career switching is a great way to create your own portfolio project, right. or a personal project, and ideally do it with someone else through volunteering mm -hmm. or whatever can yes. be a great way. And there's no shame in doing a little bit of pro bono work, right? Yes. Now, don't do that for the rest of your life, but obviously a little bit uh, because there's a quote out there where uh, it goes something along the lines of, in life, you get paid in two things, uh, money and experience. Right. Uh, take the experience first and the money will come, right? Yes. So sometimes that uh, work experience free or otherwise for right. a couple of months can be one uh, like great learning, right? right? It's 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 almost like a a concentrated course in uh, the school of hard docs, <laughs> and then plus it also uh, has a bit of social proof to say, hey, this other company uh, allowed me to do work for them instead of me just creating my own project on its own. Uh, yeah. And then there's a bit of serendipity that 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 probably happened with kind of the the temp agency and kind of bring you back to that. So again, the universe conspiring to uh, push you back into project management or what have you. Yeah, uh, and then obviously landing that that uh, government contract yeah um, exactly uh, i think that's a great summary of like what the experience was like you know and and dealing with that you know the underlying feeling when during all this is you know we've talked about before was imposter syndrome of mm -hmm. you know when i'm struggling to find even when i was getting experience through nonprofit and to construction and all these other things you know advising for a tech company even while i'm doing all that and no one wants to call back and and, and hire me i thought okay like do I belong in this field? And I think that mm. human resources was also, you know, very serendipitous is a very good word to use. Like it, it's something that did actually enable me to get my project management job because mm. the company, so like the agency that hired me, they wanted me for health, safety and environment, which are health and safety is part of the human resource management the curriculum. Right. So what gauge, what, what made them interested in me was my human resource management certificate and what like allowed them to, to, or what, what I guess kept their interest was the fact that I have a project management background. Mm -hmm. um, so it is very serendipitous, but the entire time it's just like, do I belong in this space? And chances are you do, you know, if, if you're right. somebody who's dealing with that, uh, you, yeah, you, you don't necessarily know how all the things you know and all the experience you have will connect with one, with one another to kind of pave a path that you didn't even consider initially. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about uh, kind of what helped you keep going because right. what I heard is, I mean, you have supportive parents, but right. I mean, they, they want you to be <laughs> self-sufficient, yes. right? So, yes. uh, and yeah. it sounded like from uh, graduation from, from psychology, call it uh, uh, 2014 till like landing your job in, what would you say, 20, 2019, 2020? That, that's a good number yeah, of years. Yeah, 2019, yeah. Yeah, to have your kind of your full solid role. Yeah. Uh, what were the conversations like what was the uh okay mom and dad <laughs> this is my fear path what, what would you uh suggest for folks that are kind of in in that state oh that's a that's a good question i mean my my parents to this day don't really understand what i do <laughs> so, so i don't know if there's something that's been addressed at that time i think that they they were very concerned and, and okay from their perspective, I'm like always struggling. I'm not really landing something per se, but I, I always stayed busy. I always was working, but it wasn't necessarily in my field. It wasn't always high paying. So I think that, you know, that ate away at them. And, you know, they wanted me to go into the, into the field of medicine, right? So mm -hmm. anytime I was making, even when I was making money, it was like, okay, but you would be living a more comfortable life if you were a doctor kind of thing, you know, sure. or if you had pursued pharmacy or whatever. Um, the role they played in my life, though, was I, I guess despite that, I mean, you know what? I think them 
pushing me in that kind of direction was helpful in a sense, right? Because I was, I was kind of swimming against the current, but when you swim against the current, it kind of makes you stronger, right? Sure. Um, I learned to be decisive on my own. I learned that like the, the path is, this path is my own. And, and I'm sure a lot of other people deal with that. And I, you know, I never encouraged, never listened to your parents or whatever. Of, of course I, yeah. I have reverence and respect for my parents, but at the end of the day, when it comes to something like, what are you doing for the rest of your life? That is your decision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully it's an honest living and whatnot, but it's, yeah. uh, you will have to deal with the consequences of that. And I, I talked to a lot of people who ended up in a field because their parents told them to, and they have no passion for the job. They hate waking yeah. up in the morning, but they did it because their parents want them to do it. It's secure. It's, you know, the, the list goes on of, of why a parent wants to do it. It's lucrative or whatever. Sure. Um, so I learned that swimming against the current and kind of figuring things out my own, that, that kind of made me stronger um, in terms of what kept me going. My, my parents did that. My, my siblings did that as well to some extent. Um, friends were really helpful. And, mm. and again, when you're when you're swimming against the current, there's going to always be an element of can I do this again? That okay. theme of imposter syndrome, and having people in my life who saw something in me that I was struggling to see in me, that was really helpful. Um, you know, especially I have I have one friend who you know is also my roommate, and he kind of really helped me, you know, delve more into my faith, but also kind of allowed me to. He, he gave me some some avenues to be gentle with myself, saying, "Okay, like you, you're thinking you're worse off than you really are." <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's this kind of matter of sitting, stepping back, and when it comes to you know, job searching, for example, kind of stepping back and looking at like, how am I organizing this this information? Read it, and again, this is something I learned that I taught, I teach clients, is that read your resume from the perspective of a recruiter. That's something mm. I wasn't doing because I was thinking like, why wouldn't anybody hire me? And then once I once my friend kind of gave me this realization of um, you're, you're looking at yourself from a very particular lens. You know, it's, it's, sometimes it can be too good. Sometimes it can be too bad, right? Like you have to look at yourself, try to look at yourself more objectively. And so mm. I stepped back and read my resume. I'm like, oh, this is pretty, pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling them anything that they want to know, anything they want to hear. It's very generic stuff. You know, and I told my clients, you want something, you want qualitative results when you're talking about your projects. And my, and my uh, resume is say stuff like, you know, concluded the project on time. Yeah, that's your job. That's like that's what you get paid to do, right? Sure. <laughs> that's like saying I did the job well all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you're not, no one's gonna applaud you for doing a poor job. Right. Um, so friends had a huge role, and and I think somebody who unexpectedly had maybe one of the had a surprisingly big role in my life was a therapist I once spoke to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in in dealing with my com- my constant conflict with myself, my insecurities. I had a therapist specifically who helped me see myself with sympathetic eyes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all these conflicting feelings of, of inadequacy, um, you know, the, the insecurities I'm dealing with, and then the parts of me that might be a little bit too prideful and saying, okay, like, why wouldn't anybody want to hire me? Kind of thing, you know, <laughs> kind of, he, he helped me really organize these parts of myself um, right. and, and try to see myself more objectively so that, once you get out of your own way, it's amazing the things you can do. And I think that, yeah. you know, getting that job with the government, that really was like a stepping block, you know, a stepping stone for me to get back into the field project management. But it was really learning to get getting out of my way that allowed me to do everything else after that. So my current role as a project manager in this tech company, as well as a, car, as a career coach, I've learned to get out of my own way so that I can help other people, right? For sure. That's a really big lesson that I think um, I learned through my experiences. 
that's awesome. A lot to unpack there. So um, one of the things about getting out of your own, own way, right. uh, one thing that I often tell my clients is, is th their problem is uh, six inches big. Yes. The problem is those six inches are between their ears. Yes. Because <laughs> it's oftentimes, as you said, it's you're your worst enemy there. Yeah. Uh, I, I like what you said about uh, swimming against the current helps making you stronger and yes. having that support structure of friends and people right. around you that can uh, motivate you. So oftentimes that is one of the key elements where uh, people around you, relationships, like humans are social beings. So right. without that structure, it can be so much more more challenging. So that, thankfully, it sounds like that you had uh, family to, to help you a little bit, but yeah. really it's the friends uh, yeah. that are there. And then there's no problem in asking for support in terms of things like a therapist and stuff. Like that. And, yeah. I, and I find that that's uh, amazing in this time where people are, are willing to open up about that. Like in previous uh, years, decades, like nobody could talk about the therapist, <laughs> yes. right? But now it's more like, well, why don't you have a therapist? Like, yeah. it's, it's like you have a, a doctor doctor for your physical health. Yes. Why don't you have someone for your mental health? We, we should really all uh, think, think about uh, doing all that. Yeah. So it sounds like it's a, been a great journey for you. And obviously, it's still early on. And then obviously, you mentioned a little bit about your MBA and, and now with, with uh, the, the ed tech that you're doing in the career coaching. Right. Um, if, if you want to summarize a little bit of, of kind of that journey to, to where you are now. Um, so like between um, like work for government and where I got where I am now? Yeah, okay. the, the government and then like the MBA until up to now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, the government was great. You know, I, I, I learned a lot. I had a really good mentor, which again is another thing that I think uh, serendipitous or whatever you want to call it. I had I had the, the perfect mentor for me. I had somebody mm. who really wanted to teach me uh, the ropes, but also give me enough autonomy for me to learn on my own. And uh, so, yeah, she was fantastic. And I do attribute a lot of my success as a project manager to her because – she made me really rethink how I do things, right? Um, while I was working uh, with the government, I decided to also pursue a master's in business and administration just because I thought, why not? You know, <laughs> you know the, I thought, <laughs> sure. well, you know, and, and again, it comes down to the theme of when you were asking me about my childhood, right? I, I do love learning and, and think my wife thinks it's kind of pathological in that I never stop. <laughs> for, for several years, I don't ever stop taking a course in something or learning something on my own or like now I teach a lot too. So I'm like, I'm constantly in that, that education mode. Um, and I thought, you know, having an MBA, another thing to add on, you know, under my belt, it's another thing that can hopefully help me. And again, it, it did. And again, I think this is what I really want. I hope, you know, viewers see, because I, I get this a lot, a lot of questions of, I work in, or I studied this. How can this possibly relate to this? You know, I've, I've, mm -hmm. I talk to people who are educators with education degree and they say, how can I, work in project management you'd be amazed at how like the universe is wildly interconnected and mm -hmm. you're you'd be amazed at how your your knowledge in one thing can affect the other thing um yeah. and same thing with the master's in business administration like i also employ psychology in what i when i do now and human resources and what i do now but the mba really helped as well in terms of assessing the feasibility of a project prior to implementation like looking at it um from a cost benefit analysis I mean, you don't need an MBA to do that, but I think that <laughs> that uh, having that experience as well as having that um, that education really helps helps quite a bit. Um, and also, when I was doing my MBA, I was constantly working in groups, right? So again, mm -hmm. more experience working with you know different personalities. I think that's something that people really need to get, get to to gain. You know, deal right. with different personalities if you want to be a project manager because not everybody's going to be on your side, and you have to learn how yep. to manage that, right? Um, yeah. And so after my MBA, uh, or well, while I was doing my MBA, I also switched from the government, uh, which was a hard decision to, to make. But at the time, I was living in Ottawa, 
and uh, you know we have family back in Toronto, so we wanted to move towards Toronto, which I'm currently located. Um, and so I decided that it's time for me to get a job somewhere else. Um, and so thankfully I reached out to this company, got the job, and yeah, it's it's I've been working with them ever since. Now, and the career coaching thing was it's a it's a newer endeavor of mine, but it was it kind of came out of a conversation I had with a friend of, you know, I've had. Like my, my journey was rough and, and, and I'm grateful for that because I, first of all, it gives me more of an appreciation for it, but also it gives me something to help others with. So how can I turn this into something that, you know, is accessible to others? Um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of how I ended up in career coaching while I'm also a project manager. (laughs) That's awesome. So, uh, again, lots, lots to unpack there. (laughs) What I love is the, the lifelong learning part. I I encourage everyone to be there, not necessarily taking a course or being in school or whatever, but every day, every week, make sure that there's something new that, that you're picking it up and, and proactively uh, doing that instead of just, just waiting. Um, and I, I think, um, turning some of your, your, your challenges into something that can help others would be helpful. So if in your case, it's, it's the career coaching mm-hmm. for other folks, it could be an, anything else. Cause mm-hmm. what's the expression? What, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully you've gained a lot of strength to help others in, in that process. And yeah. obviously you're still early in your journey. There's a lot more, uh, to, to be seen. Uh, I'd love if you have any other swipe, the stuff I wish I knew earlier, right. um, anything that you want to sh- share with the, the young Nayans out there that, that <laughs> might be curious. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about like, imposter syndrome, things yes. like that, um, uh, like trying to deal with a supportive or doing what you want uh, against potentially the wishes of your, your, your parents. Uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of that. We might do deep dive episodes into uh, any one of those. Sure. But is there any other general swike that you'd want to share uh, and, and make sure that folks uh, are, are aware of? So this is going to sound a little bit like a cop out. And I know that this is also like a bulk of <laughs> this is the title of your podcast, right? But yeah. um, I have the mentality of that things will happen to you when it should. So in terms of like stuff I wish I knew earlier, I mean, I can go into a number of things. I, I can go into, oh, I wish that I, I knew about project management earlier, or, you know, I wish I knew what I wanted to do with the rest of my life earlier in my career. Otherwise, I could have oriented myself towards project management early on or something, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm also of the belief that things will happen to you when it's meant to happen to you, when you have the mental capacity to do it, right? So had you told me when I was 18, about project management, I probably wouldn't have, not have been interested at all. It, sure. Ironic, given that at 18, I was actually working in that field, but it wasn't something that I could mentally grasp. Um, so, yeah, I think that not knowing when I did allowed me to to find my path when I was supposed to. <laughs> right. And I think that's the real lesson that I'd, I'd want other aspiring professionals to also take in, whether they're project managers or whoever. I think a lot of us get consumed by this idea of like the what ifs, the what ifs of life, or what if I knew this and that, and mm-hmm. what if this had happened earlier in my life or not. I think we overestimate how open we are uh, to take in certain life lessons um, until options or lack thereof are presented before you. You know, yeah. so I, I, if those options were given to me earlier, I probably would have taken them. <laughs> but it was kind of out of desperation that I pursued the field that I did. Um, yeah. it, it, it being in that situation kind of forced me to listen. Whereas when I'm so driven, like, you know, I said before I was considering psychology and I was going to, I was willing to steamroll anybody and everybody to, to pursue psychology until <laughs> I tripped over my own feet. And I thought, yeah. okay, now that I'm on the ground, let's look at this from a different perspective. <laughs> Is yeah. this really for me? Right. Yeah. That moment was necessary for me to listen to life and then decide what to happen, what should happen next. 
Um, So I think the acceptance that I will know things when it is necessary for me to know them is imperative in my life. And it also gives me an opportunity to let go of control. I think that's where a lot of imposter syndrome comes from. Imposter syndrome to me is just just an extension of anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And I think anxiety will come from largely a need for control. I mean, there's, there's multi, it's multifaceted, so I don't want to reduce it to something as small as that. But sure. um, I think a lot of anxiety comes from this need for control, this need that, oh, okay, like this is my, my path. This for sure is my path. And then something deviates and all of a sudden you don't know what to do with yourself anymore. Um, yeah. I think having flexibility, being open to new experiences, being open to new learning, new fields, talking to people and getting idea of what their life was like um, in, and you know, professionally or otherwise, I think that was... Maybe that's ultimately the thing that I would I wish I knew earlier to to ask more questions and, and gain more perspective mm-hmm. on people outside of myself so that I I can understand myself better right yeah other than that though um, yeah I learned everything that I was supposed to when I was supposed to in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that that's great I, I think getting to the uh, perspective of like asking more questions right. or listening to life I think those are some of the uh, stuff I wish I knew earlier that's more important like knowing about project management or yeah. whatever I think yes that would have been uh, interesting, yeah. Uh, but it's it's not necessarily what 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 the point of that is. Oh. Uh, I, I'm reminded of that quote: uh, "When the student is ready, the teacher will appear." Right. Yes. So, uh, as you said earlier, <laughs> if you if you learned about project management, you wouldn't even have taken it. And I I think to myself, like in in, in my early uh, childhood, like if someone taught me about like career coaching and learning psychology and things like that, I probably be like forget that. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to have anything to, to to do with it. So you have to go through the journey. I think it's it's the listening to life, asking for questions, and really taking that perspective to yes. say, okay, what can I do with this? So right. whatever happened, happened. Now, what do I want to do with it? So it's not a matter of like, why did this happen? Why is it happening to me? It's like, well, it happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how can I use this and, and build on it and, and progress into to my career? So I think that's uh, part of the lessons that, that I'm taking away from from what you just said there. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. And, and uh, so obviously a lot more to the journey that that's upcoming because uh, there's more in the career coaching, more in the project management side. Right. Uh, what are some future endeavors that folks can look forward to hearing from you? And if folks want to reach out and connect, uh, where could they do that? Right. Um, so I'm available on LinkedIn. So my name is mm-hmm. Nahin Alam. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll share this on LinkedIn. Yeah, and, we'll link oh, those in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, in terms of future aspirations, well, you know, I'm always aiming to to kind of scale up. I, you know, help more people with their transition to project management or people who are already project managers. Um, you know, trying to help them as well, build my network. And and I don't ever want to come off as, you know, I know everything because I'm still learning mm-hmm. too. You know, even as sure. a coach, I'm still learning how to be a coach, and I'm still learning more about my field every single day from other people. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I always want to do that. A dream of mine has been uh, to write a book, and and mm-hmm. you know, I'm <laughs> I was always thinking of like, what can I write a book about? Because project management is a big part of my life, but I do I don't really want to write about that because it's such a something that I'm constantly discussing. Um, and so right now I'm writing, I'm writing a book about imposter syndrome. So as mm-hmm. you notice in our conversation, it's a recurrent theme in my life and. When I talk to a lot of clients, it's a recurring theme in other people's lives just too. Like, yeah. especially transitioning project managers, constantly asking, like, "Will I be enough? Will I be able to do this?" And the fact is, you can because so many other people have. What makes you different, right? It's all—it's mm-hmm. just a matter of how you sell yourself. So currently, I'm writing a book on imposter syndrome from my experiences and how I dealt with it, and hopefully, that will be a benefit to others. I'm really hoping. <laughs> um, People, people can gain some lessons there and you know, also share their experiences and I can learn from them as well. 
that's so that's uh, hopefully coming out soon it's gonna be a busy year but <laughs> i'm hoping it comes out soon <laughs> yeah. sounds good so we'll, we'll definitely share that when it comes out Thank and you. uh thanks for for sharing your story and uh hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode yes this has been great thank you for this opportunity i really enjoyed talking to you about all this and uh you know i appreciate you so <laughs> sounds good thanks nine you're welcome. take care take care thanks for joining us on the swike stuff i wish i knew earlier the podcast If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.